Howdy, everybody. This is Pastor Brian Wattenbarger of Body of Christ Church. And in today's podcast, I wanted to talk to you about another form of apologetics. We already talked about one, and this one is going to be in relation to false doctrines. Now, let's look at the truth of the full and real gospel. The truth of the gospel is that Christ is the fulfillment of prophecy. He was born of a virgin. He uh, was uh, the Messiah. He came and and fulfilled the prophecies of of multiple Old Testament uh, prophecies that I'm going to give you here in in a list. And let's look at some of these prophecies that were fulfilled in the true gospel. Uh, So the first part of the true gospel is that he was a fulfillment of prophecy. Okay, so we read that the Messiah would be born of a woman. There's 44 of these things, people. And they all came true. In Genesis 3.15, this was predicted. It was fulfilled. Matthew 1.20 and Galatians 4.4. Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. That was predicted in Micah 5.2. And that was fulfilled. Matthew 2.1. Luke 2.4-6. I'm going to kind of go through these a little bit fast. So, uh, But if you want to, I encourage you to jot these down and... and verify them. Another one, Messiah would be born of a virgin. That was in Isaiah 7, 14, and it came true, of course, in Matthew 1, 22 through 23, and Luke 1, 26 through 31. Messiah would be out of the line of Abraham, Genesis 12, 3, Genesis 22, 18, and fulfilled Matthew 1, 1, Romans 9, 5. Messiah would be a descendant of Isaac, Genesis 17:19, Genesis 21:12, fulfilled Luke 3:34. The Messiah would be a descendant of Jacob. Numbers 24:17 is the Old Testament prophecy. Matthew 1:2 is the fulfillment. Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah. This is Genesis 49:10 came true in Luke 3.33 and Hebrews 7.14. The Messiah would be heir to King David's throne. This is stated in 2 Samuel 7.12-13 and Isaiah 9.7. Came true Luke 1.32-33 and Romans 1.3. Messiah's throne would be eternal and anointed. Psalm 45.6-7, Daniel 2.44. Came true in Luke 1.33, Hebrews 1.8-12. The Messiah would be called Emmanuel, or God with us. Isaiah 7.14 came true in Matthew 1.23. Messiah would spend a season in Egypt. This is stated in Hosea 11.1. Came true in Matthew 2.14-15. A massacre of children would happen at the Messiah's birthplace. Jeremiah 31.15 stated this. And that slaughter of the innocents came true in Matthew 2, 16 through 18. A messenger would prepare the way for the Messiah. That was stated in Isaiah 40, 3 through 5, and came true in Luke 3, 3 through 6. Messiah would be rejected by his own people. Psalm 69, 8, Isaiah 53, 3 predicted this. Came true in John 1, 11, 
John 7, 5, and I would argue it came true in several of the other scriptures as well, in the other uh, Gospels. Messiah would be a prophet. This is stated in Deuteronomy 18, 15. Came true in Acts 3, 20 through 22. Messiah would be preceded by Elijah. Malachi 4, 5 through 6 stated this, and this was true in Matthew 11, 13 through 14, because John the Baptist was in the spirit of Elijah. Messiah would be declared the Son of God. This was stated in Psalm 2, 7. Came true Matthew 3, 16 through 17. Messiah would be a Nazarene. Isaiah 11, 1. Came true in Matthew 2, 23. Messiah would bring light to Galilee. Isaiah 9, 1 through 2. Matthew 4, 13 through 16 is where it came true. Messiah would speak in parables. This is stated in Psalm 78, 2 through 4, and Isaiah 6, 9 through 10. Came true in Matthew 13, 10 through 15, 34 through 35. <clears throat> Messiah would be sent to heal the brokenhearted. Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. Luke 4, 18 through 19. Messiah would be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Psalm 110, 4. Hebrews 5, 5 through 6. I'm going to skip through ahead of some of these. Messiah would be praised by little children. Psalm 8, 2. Came true in Matthew 21, 16. Messiah would be betrayed. Psalm 41, 9. Zechariah 11, 12 through 13. Came true Luke 22, 47 through 48. Matthew 26, 14 through 16. The Messiah's price money would be used to buy a potter's field. Zechariah 11, 12 through 13 stated this. And we know what happened in Matthew 27, 9 through 10. Oh, there's all kinds. Crucified with criminals, Isaiah 53, 12, uh, would be given vinegar to drink. That was stated in Psalm 69, 21. Soldiers would gamble for the Messiah's garments. That was stated in Psalm 22, 18. His bones would not be broken. This was stated in Exodus 12, 46 and Psalm 34, 20. Forsaken by God, Psalm 22, 1, and we hear him cry out, Matthew 27, through four, or 27, 46. Uh, says he'll pray for his enemies in Psalm 109, 4, and we know he did that. His side would be pierced by a soldier. It stated that in Zechariah 12, 10, and we know that happened. Buried with a rich, that was stated in Isaiah 53, 9, and we know in Matthew 27, 57 through 60, a uh, rich man bought, uh, bought his tomb. Resurrected from the dead, Psalm 16:10 and Psalm 49:15, and we know that happened. Ascend to heaven, Psalm 24, 7 through 10. Seated at God's right hand, Psalm 68:18, Psalm 110:1. And that he would be a sacrifice for sin. This was stated in Isaiah 53, 5 through 12, and we read about it in Romans 5, 6 through 8. There are tons more. But with respect strictly to the gospel, the, there's 44 of them that are just proven true. And I'm going to post that list on the website and on Facebook and on the app. The rest of the gospel, besides the prediction, is of course that he came, he taught, he healed and he was given a criminal's death as a substitutionary uh, sacrifice, and then he was resurrected after three days and three nights in the grave. And because of all this, 
He died for our sins in our place because the wages of sin is death. He died for us. And when we're baptized in the Spirit and we're baptized in Christ, we are we die with Him spiritually, which means we are no longer penalized by sin or justified. And we rise with Him in the resurrection as a new creation. Now this is the heart and the meat of the gospel. And it is all scripturally based. But it is under attack. And it was subtly at first, but it is now, uh, of course, almost too late, easily identifiable by the the left that has infiltrated the church, the socialist movement that has initiated or, I'm sorry, in, infiltrated the church. We see questions from the left such as, well, what God would send somebody to hell? You know, what loving God would send somebody to hell? Of course, the question is ridiculous at its face value because God doesn't send us to hell. We choose it. We can choose Christ and eternal life, or we can choose to live in the flesh, have our pleasure now, and spend eternity without it in hell. And we don't soft-pedal hell like the left wants us to do. It's not separation from God. It is literal suffering for eternity. You know, Scripture talks about uh, false prophets and <clears throat> false doctrine and false uh, false gospel. And we read about this. You know, Matthew 7.15 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Or even Christ, when he says, for false Christ, in Matthew 24, 24, he says, false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders, like healing and things like that, so as to lead astray, if possible, even the very elect, which is you and me. We see these things and we, we trust our eyes instead of our, our hearts in scripture. Okay. Second <clears throat> Peter 2.1 But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. That is the essence of what we see infiltrating the church today. Because they love to bring in destructive heresies like Things like this. Jesus accepted everyone. Well, there's a difference between accepted and loving and accepting their acts. Accepted the people, not the sin. He came to heal the sick. Jesus never got in the way of love between two people. Jesus spoke out about sexual immorality. And so do the scriptures repeatedly. It's not about love. It's about conquering the flesh and living Christ-like and living for God. God created man and woman for a purpose. And he, he, created, he created it this way and set up marriage institution for this way for a purpose. Jesus was a refugee. Uh, not exactly. I mean, you can't look at it that way from that Old Testament time when everybody was fluid and moved from place to place. <clears throat> Jesus accepts foreigners or strangers, yes, that's true. Um, but he also says, obey the law. 
let's see. People are born gay or bi or transsexual. Well, that's patently false. As those who have uh, turned and accepted Christ and, and fight their flesh every day will attest to. A real Christian accepts everyone. Again, yes, we accept everyone, but we don't accept their sin. <clears throat> That's just scratching the surface, of course. You know, they, they hijack words like uh, th that are religious-sounding, like amen and hallelujah and things like that, that subconsciously tell us, oh, these guys believe what we do. And so we listen to what they say, but that's not true. It's patently not true. And here is how we can evidence this. You've got the Unarians. They started off with Christian ideology uh, and then turned that into uh, belief in flying saucers and aliens coming uh, one day to teach us the truth. There, you'll see that in a lot of these false gospels where, where uh, science fiction is, is mixed with the scriptures. Heaven's Gate, uh, Applewhite, you know, he taught that a spaceship was in the tail of Haley-Bopp Comet and would come and allow us to free ourselves from these vessels, which are our bodies, and get on the spaceship and fly away to a new world. But he started off with Christian ideology, him and his wife. But they got a, they took a left turn somewhere, you know, um, and uh, got off, got off track. Scientology is a perfect example. You know, they don't tell you until you're way up in there. They want you to believe that it's a, a Christian faith. They even have a cross for their symbol. But they mix Eastern mysticism with science fiction. The guy that founded it, folks, he was a science fiction writer. And he even said, I want to start a religion because that's where the money is. And look at Scientology today. They would try to, after you get into the upper echelons and pay, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to go through all these weird trainings and lessons to get up there and prove yourself, they end up telling you that uh, some intergalactic war happened and somebody was dealing with overpopulation of planets and killed a bunch of people, brought them to this planet, threw their bodies in the volcanoes and set off an atom bomb and trapped their spirits there and we now have those spirits in us. I mean, th I'm not making this stuff up, people. You can, you can look at it, all, you can look it up all you want. There's a pastor in Sedona named Nothdurft. He's a Methodist pastor. <clears throat> but yet he believes in reincarnation, which is a part of the Buddhist, Hindu, or Native American faith. And he believes in resurrection, or I'm sorry, reincarnation and uh, aliens. How do you me meld these with the gospel, is, is my question. We have an innate need to connect with the heavens. This is the basis of Greek mythology, which also permeates some of these ideas. But if our need was met in the church like it's supposed to be, we wouldn't have this issue. People's Temple, Jim Jones, you've heard of Jim Jones in Jonestown and Guyana. He had everybody drink poison Kool-Aid. 
But he started off as a, as a Christian preacher. He even declared himself an agnostic with socialist and communist leanings. David Koresh of the Branch Davidians considered himself the Messiah. How do you know you're falling into these false doctrines? Well, a lot of them are cults. <laughs> In fact, most of these are cults. First of all, if they have false prophets, and we know a false prophet is identified first and foremost by his predictions not coming true, as we see in many of the other uh, pseudo-Christian religions that are not really Christian, they follow their own prophets, but their prophecies never came true. Those are false prophecies, prophets and false prophecies. Those are false doctrines and false religions. They seek to take our original faith that Christ gave us and twist it, which he warned us about. And there are many uh, other other religions um, that, that do this. Uh, Scientology comes to mind, and, uh, uh, you know, you got to look at some of the um, prophecies in, in other faiths, like Mormonism and things like that, to see this. They generally have a person that sets himself up as a messiah or a prophet instead of just an equal. And Christ told us we're all equals, even our teachers. They are often characterized by chariz charismatic uh, styles of teaching. They're likable figures. They usually um, seek to be portrayed as a messiah-like figure. They often become paranoid. These faiths generally want you to give all of your money to them, sign over everything to them. Scientology makes you sign over your service to them for a billion years. And, you know, many of these faiths require you to give them all of your, uh, your, your money and your, your status. Uh, they generally require you to sign things over. They often, uh, support polygamy and stray from scripture. They want to isolate you from your family, friends, loved ones. And uh, they feed a, an emotional desire. Just look at the way we this has permeated into the church itself. I mean, we've gotten rid of, of hymns and the hymn book and put in rock and roll. Why? Because it feeds somebody's emotional desire and connection. We're trying to catch the young. Unfortunately, we're trying to catch them by, by um, compromising our own values and, and morals. And we replace pews with theater-style seating, and we dim the lights now, and, and we don't really read from Scripture anymore. We, we just give uh, feel-good messages that that meet people's emotional needs, but they're not meeting their spiritual needs. And as long as you're not meeting the spiritual needs, the emotional needs will continue. And people will still decline. We know there's going to be a great falling away, but we can't sacrifice the truth for that. We will be persecuted. We are being persecuted. We're being persecuted by the left even today. If you're against abortion... You are against women and their ability to choose. No, we're just against uh, destroying life and cutting up fetuses. You know, <clears throat> if you're against gay marriage, you're intolerant and you're not Christ-like because Christ accepted everybody. No, 
Christ stated even that marriage was to be a man between a man and a woman, and a, a man would cle- leave his parents and cleave to his wife. It's supposed to be between man and woman, and procreation is required. If if you know it, it fits the original commandment of God to go forth, multiply, and subdue the earth. If if we accept and everybody were to be, you know, be quote unquote gay, the human race would just disappear. But they want us to continue procreating the human race, but yet accept them for not being able to. And it's it's not about. You know what it comes down to is a false idea of what love is. People put a human definition of love in place of what God defined as love. And we see love as, one, the ability to sacrifice oneself for one's friends and even strangers, but the other is the need to obey Christ's commandments and God's commandments. Scripture identifies love as somebody who was willing to do this, and God's love as somebody who is willing to exert mercy and <clears throat> forgiveness and grace to us who don't deserve it. We don't need to change the definition of love from that. And here's the, here's the, the sad fact, folks, is that people expect God to rewrite the Scriptures, or man to rewrite the Scriptures for God, to satisfy these people, and that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, and we have to choose which side we're going to stand on. Because you know what? You've heard the term, being on the right side of history. Well, one day history is going to end because time is going to end. And when that happens, I want to be in on the right side and in the right place. And I'm not going to be there by willfully disobeying God and Christ. And neither will you. So, if you find some of this disturbing or offensive, then I apologize, but you need to do your research. You need to do your study of Scripture, and you need to feel the Holy Spirit convicting you, because I would argue that you probably have, and you you suppress it so that you can love the world and deal with emotions of the world. We're not supposed to deal in our emotions. We're supposed to conquer and subdue our emotions. We're supposed to subdue our minds and get them to do, get these things under control so that we can obey God and do what we're supposed to do. Well, that's all I got for this episode. It could go longer, but, you know, I don't want to make these long. I want to keep them short. 23 minutes is already longer than I want to be. So, God bless you all. We will see you on the next one where we will, um, See what else God has to say. Love you guys.